Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 483 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Starting things off, it's the new year as you're listening to this, Todd. I'm nervous because this will come out at midnight. So is that the end of the year or the beginning of next year? So much pressure. Well, secretly, I put the post up to, go if I'm not behind, I put the post to go through at 11.59 on the day. Mm-hmm. So that it, like, kind of counts, I guess, for the other day. I'm not really sure. Uh, but most people are going to listen to this probably not at midnight. You never know. Yeah, I, we should have time. I should have timed this so we celebrated at midnight when we were done recording. Yes. I don't know. I don't think it'll work that way, sadly. No, okay. Uh, I, I was shocked to hear the other day that there are people that know when the wrestling show comes out, and they listen to it when it rolls out at like 1130 or whatever it does mm-hmm. at night on a on a Thursday, you know? And I'm like, well, I, I appreciate the support. I really do. <laughs> That's how I do it. Whenever the show comes out, I'm like, oh, A. Todd's is out. I have to listen now. Uh Uh-huh. So, uh, again, it's still, you know, holiday season time, so there's not a ton of news to talk about. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Just kind of a follow-up to the ongoing whatever DC is going to be doing going forward with the next generation of tales that they're telling. Uh, it is 2020 officially as you're listening, so we do have a convention happening this weekend. <laughs> uh, digital books and sales and the freebies did change from last week to this week, and I can't be too, too mad about it because we'll get into that. Uh, what we read this past week, which may not sound like a lot, but if you were to weigh the books, I think maybe you would agree <laughs> in having read Criminal Number 11 and Incoming Number one, does it have an exclamation point in the title? Why am I thinking there's an exclamation point in the title? In Incoming, there is. It's incoming! Right. Uh, what we're looking forward to coming out this week, and the slate is wiped clean. Yeah, and there's no pushback my, from me on it, so. Good. My only New Year's resolution is to finally win this for once. <laughs> I'll, I'll put the fix in for you. It's oh. like that basketball scheme they had, that college basketball scheme. Henry Hill is going to sit across from you and say, no, I think Joe's most looking forward to uh, uh, Archie coming out this week or whatever, you know, I don't know. Just so you get it wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, Archie's not on the list. It's on the list I saw. (laughs) Todd's Art Attack, of course. Uh, And the the series finale, season finale. Season finale. Right, of the Mandalorian, and I think we have the top ten of those uh, shelf dust uh, top ten single issues to talk about as well, right? Yes, and since it's the series finale, or season finale of Mandalorian, there's no more TV for next week. Oh, wait, there is, Joe. Doctor Who comes back on New Year's Day. So you'll have to watch that. And I think it's two episodes. They're starting with a two-hour premiere i believe i'm not 100 sure so next week we'll have doctor who to talk about aren't you excited joe i'm gonna cut in here the episode of after dark that we recorded <laughs> to express my feelings <laughs> for having to watch doctor who it's back now uh, listen i uh made my bed and i have to weasel out of it now <laughs> that's right you made your tardis and now you have to ride in it So let's get into the news. Um, The little bit of news, of course, there's been the rumor and speculation and innuendo in regards to DC is going to be doing something called 5G, the fifth generation, uh, essentially doing something with all of their heroes and kind of putting younger, newer something versions of them in the books. Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Flash, right on down the line. Mm-hmm. So it's only been hinted at and alluded to and so forth. Well, it appears as though it actually made it into discussion in the solicitations over on Diamond's website. Mm-hmm. 
Now, does that mean anything? At the end of the day, no. Because it's just, you know, speculation at this point. We don't have anything set in stone. But, you know, if the people who print the comics and distribute the comics are talking about them, then I think it might be a little bit closer than we think, especially when they line it up to being um, something that was supposed to spin out of what we saw in Doomsday Clock, number 12. Mm-hmm. Right, Yeah, because they mentioned 5G in Doomsday Clock, so it's definitely going to happen, Joe. That's the way I look at it, because they knew you know, Doomsday Clock was coming out right on time, and they'd have to wheel that out after it. So I don't know. I just think they're going to do it, but that's uh-huh. So, again, I don't know what the advanced schedule looks like for the conventions going forward here in 2020. Um, When do you think we're going to find out about this? Is this going to be a March announcement? Is this going to be a summer announcement? Is this going to be something they announce way ahead of time and that doesn't roll out into, like, October, November? Or is this something that they're going to announce maybe with some TBA creative teams and then falls by the wayside? I think they're going to announce it, begin like kickoff i don't know when we call the kickoff of the the official fall uh con season um but i'm saying like march ish is when it'll be announced so they can do it for the summer you know what i mean that summer crossover this is going to be that weird summer crossover right now normally uh when we talk about this you know there's conventions that are going on now and typically we always say that um Emerald City is the beginning of the official big con season, right? Mm-hmm. And Emerald City is the second week of March, so that'd be a great time for it. But Todd, are you aware that C2E2 has moved up this year? Yes, it is. I'm sad because we didn't get our tickets, Joe. <sighs> I didn't think we were going to get our tickets between me and you. But I also want to go to C2E2, but the more they move it up, that it's still in winter, because there's nothing more fun than winter in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so C2E2 is the last weekend in February. It's the 27th, 28th, 29th, because this is a leap year as well. Mm. And uh, they are also holding it in conjunction with a pay-per-view that's happening in like the <laughs> building adjacent to it as well. And I could see at C2E2 is where we're going to have our first announcement of this. If C2E2 was not moved up to February, it absolutely would have been Emerald City. You know what? Now that you tell me that, and especially since there's, you know, it's a big event and they have that uh, event next door, there's no way that that their eyes aren't going to be on that. So I agree. I think C2E2 would be a perfect place to unveil it. Yes. I hope they somehow tied in. Remember earlier this year where DC announced that they were doing like all these little projects or whatever with, uh, all elite wrestling they released like those covers or whatever it was and then like nothing really came of it that was just them that's the the ink on the contract was still wet joe oh, we still gotcha. have to we still have to work on that don't you worry and boy boy howdy do i wish that they actually had comic book wrestling contract signings on tv so it'd be like dan didio and like Jericho, like having to sign contracts in fall, oh, it would be so good. <laughs> sign me up for that. I know there's rumor, in, and this isn't the wrestling show, but there's rumor and innuendo that there's going to be a uh, on air commissioner authority figure on AEW here in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, what if it's this person? What if it's this person? What if it's Dan DiDio? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe 5G is like, you know, is like an F5, but different. Maybe. Bring it over, bring it over that guy. So just more and more that 5G is actually happening and when we'll know about it, what it's going to be. I'm intrigued, you know. I, I'm all for, you know, I, I know uh, we've discussed at length that I don't like change. Uh, but the way I get around not liking change is saying that I'm all for something new. Okay. You know what? Go to our local retailers and run around saying, I can't wait for 5G and see what happens. There was something you told me last week I was supposed to do to torment our poor local retailer as well, and I didn't do it. Okay, I forget what it was, too. I don't know. Only I listened to the show. (laughs) If only we took notes or something. Right. But hey, I mentioned there's conventions going on, even though the uh, convention season officially does not begin until... C2E2 at the end of uh, 
February, but we do have uh, Wizard World New Orleans this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we've got a ton of folks that are going to be there. Tyler Kirkham is going to be there. Neil Adams. Jim Steranko is going to be there. And on the media guest side, sadly, no one from the world of sports and or entertainment. That sounds like a good con to me. But there is no less than one, two, three, four, five, six cast members of Smallville going to be there. Is uh, uh, Allison Mack going to be there? No, I, I. You know, I wonder. Let me see. Uh, let me. I'm shocked she's not on the list. Has she been up to something lately, Todd? I, I don't do know. I goldfish. All I know is that she's been working on her branding lately. Oh my goodness. Uh, anyway, uh, Tom <laughs> Welling, Kit, Kristen Turek, Erica Durance. John Glover, Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, there's your double mark photo if there ever was one. <laughs> Lionel right. and Lex Luthor. Mm. That's your Luthor sandwich right there. Oh, boy. The, if if this was close, I would absolutely go and get that one uh, taken care of. And then Laura Vandervoort. Supergirl. Yeah, she was Supergirl toward the waning days of, uh, of uh, Smallville, yes. Oh, and I also remember what you were supposed to ask uh, our retailer. It was about, and it was during the previewing the past. It was Doug Wheeler on Swamp Thing. Okay, let me write these things down next to the books I have to pick up this week. Hang on. All right. Doug Wheeler. If he's there. Right. If Doug Wheeler's there, I don't think he's going to be there. Okay. Pronouns, pal. If our retail and five G. Five G. I'm not going to ask them both on the same day. Let's not. No, you know what no. I mean? Let's spread them out. That's right. Parcel those packages. And a bunch of people from something called Outlander are going to be at this convention. I don't know what Outlander is. Uh, I don't know what Outlander is either. I mean, that, is that the Scottish time travel show? Mm. Outlander. I don't know. Because I'm, I'm behind on a lot of like TV. I'm starting to become Joe of like what is popular in culture. There, there was a time when I had my finger on the pulse, but now not so much. You're correct. It's a Scottish time travel Netflix show uh, that apparently is on its fifth season. Right. It's more of a romance. I don't know. It's based on books, I think. But anyway. So. Yeah, you know how I feel about books. And time travel shows. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. The only good time travel show is the episode of Quantum Leap that Terry (laughs) Funk was in. And Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, I have that word muted. How come it didn't? How come it came through my headset? I had a good one today, too. Anyway. Okay. Uh, So the links to that convention, if you're in the greater Narlins area, uh, will be in the show notes along with uh, links to the soon-to-be-named network, soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. Uh, we at Longbox Heroes, of course, and Longbox Heroes After Dark are always here for you, as well as at Oz with Wrestling and Wednesday Night War. Some of the other shows took time off for the holidays, Todd. No. Uh, but I'm sure Profane Arguments and Puzzle Warriors 3 will be back. And I, I have it on good authority that possibly another show that begins with the letter P that went away several months ago might be making a surprise appearance sometime in the next couple days. So, Parlance, uh, Parlance no, and Fresher? No, 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 not Parlance <laughs> and Fresher. <laughs> okay. Uh, so open up those uh, RSS feeds and keep hitting F5 so it jams them up and the episode can't upload, which apparently I learned happens if you do that. Oh, okay. But it doesn't matter as long as I get the episode. If people just sent me the episodes early, then I wouldn't have to jam up your RSS feed. Wow. Just and Related but unrelated, as I've uh, attempted to do every week here as I give reminders to myself, uh, until former co-host of Wrestling on the Edge of Forever... <laughs> Everlasting Minute and Podvocacy returns to the internet. I'm going to reveal one character of his email address every week. If you've been following along, you'll know I'm up to the letter G in his email address. Letter is, that, is that the fifth letter? Is that a 5G? No, it's not a 5G. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm going to say within the next four, five, eight weeks, if he has not returned to social media or the internet verse in some way, shape, or form, you'll have his full email address, and you can harangue him directly and ask him why he left the internet. Right. 
Uh, also, we have digital books and sales. Uh, a lot of the companies went ahead and kind of advanced pushed some of these things so that they could have those two weeks off. They <laughs> set things up. The typical sales that were like a week or a couple days were like two plus weeks. So there's nothing new in the sales, all those Marvel sales, Epic Collections, Celebrate 2019, 2019 Star Wars, uh, Dark Horse having sales on both Black Hammer and Fight Club, DC having kind of a catch-all sale, Valiant, Dynamite, Image, Boom, and IDW all having a variety of sales. So if you have a couple extra spending bucks, either digitally or physically, go check some of those out. Uh, now, I know I talked last week that we had some new freebies from Marvel, and they were all holiday-themed, and they did go away because the holidays are over, technically, as of the recording of the show. Christmas is done, and they've rolled in some new freebies. Uh, they rolled in the first issue of New Avengers from Brian Michael Bendis, the first issue of Mighty Avengers when Brian Michael Bendis spun <laughs> that off. Uh, She-Hulk number one from the Charles Soule run. All of those books have been offered previously and multiple times, but the newbie that they've added to the list is Sentry number one, uh, the more recent miniseries from about a year and a half ago from Jeff Lemire. Really good. Uh, Jeff Lemire writes really good comics, so check that one out. And I think even if you don't know uh, Sentry and you just know he's like some sort of weird Superman pastiche, uh, Jeff Lemire does some interesting things with him in that miniseries. And the first issue is available for free, so what's it going to hurt? Mm-hmm. So, Todd, let's, uh, you know, we're chugging light right along here. Let's get into uh, what we read this past week, eh? Sure. I say we start with uh, incoming, exclamation point, <laughs> number one, um, written and drawn by apparently everybody. Um, <laughs> yes, there, there are a ton of creators on this, because basically the story is there's been a murder, and uh, a cosmic entity shows up, the Mask Raider person who has uh, some sort of cosmic powers, and he decides to find somebody to help solve the crime. And then from there, it's basically it starts with Daredevil, and that's written by the current creative team or the upcoming creative team. I'm not sure really how that works. And then each time they run into a wall or need to hand the ball off to someone, it's you know like the next. Uh, people like it's Jessica Jones and she takes up where they left off and she gets clues and goes and when she can't go any further goes to see Captain Marvel and it, it keeps going being told by the person who's writing that book or going to be writing that character in an upcoming series or miniseries um, till the end till we kind of get the idea of what's behind the murder mystery and what the incoming is actually going to be. Um, I like this, but once again, it was, uh, it was all over the place because I like some creator teams more than others. And like when you get to like the immortal Hulk stuff, that's Al Ewing and that stuff is fantastic because I've been reading that, but a lot of the other stuff, because I'm not reading uh, certain books I was I was lost and it really didn't make me want to pick up the books that I was that I'm not reading so basically all this did was confirm that I like these people and I'm not probably going to pick this up and we'll see what happens when the big event that spins out of this happens um I'll probably give it a try just because that's what we do on the show what did you think of it Joe short answer is I liked it mostly for the same reasons that you just mentioned, but for less of the reasons that you didn't mention, if that makes any sense. Mm, okay. So when this was when this originally was solicited, I thought it was just going to be Al Ewing writing this whole thing, and I figured, oh, it's going to be this giant book, and they're going to put a bunch of filler in it, you know, to kind of pad things out. Mm -hmm. Little, And this is, you know, one of the drawbacks of not reading the solicitations is little did I know that they were going to have all these different creative teams that are working on all these different books. And I think that definitely, they definitely tried. And it's not so much of like, well, I don't understand what's going on here with, you know, the champions, let's say, right? Right. Or I don't understand what's going on here with Agents of Atlas. Even though I don't read those books, I have a tertiary enough knowledge that I know where these pieces fit in. Mm -hmm. And I think by having the people who write those books write those pieces of this book helped keep that thread together. Right. And Marvel also did a good job where there's very little ads in this. And a majority of the back of the book was like all the books that are going to be on the shelves in 
2020. It's like, hey, we shot Daredevil here, and here's Daredevil, and we saw Champions, and we saw these, and we saw these, and like, here's the dates, and here's the creative teams, and here's what the cover looks like. And we talk about this all the time, that these bigger books, whether it be a big launch of an event book or a high-selling title book, should have ads in it or a way to push those lower selling books, you know, use the big guy to lift everyone else up. You're not going to lift everyone else up to their level, but you got to try. And where I liked this book the most was they did such a great job of showing how connected the Marvel universe is from a street level to a cosmic level to a mystical level, how it was just, and I mentioned before, the thread of everything. It was like, oh, well, we found this thing, and I don't want to give too much away that already hasn't been given away about this. But there's a murder, and the murder doesn't look to be correct. Well, let's get somebody else who knows a little bit more about this. Okay, well, this person, you know, Jessica Jones comes in, and she does some investigating. Well, Jessica Jones finds something, and she's like, well, I know Carol Danvers. So this kind of, you know, maybe something she knows, because it looks familiar. So I give it to her. Well, Carol Danvers doesn't know, but maybe the Blue Marvel knows because he's really smart and they have a history. Well, he doesn't know, but maybe uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Jimmy Woo is his name from Agents of Atlas. Yes, Jimmy Woo. Right. So, OK, Jimmy Woo doesn't. Maybe he knows. And then, OK, maybe the Avengers know. And then we get a little bit of, you know, the Atlantis stuff that's going on. And then it goes over to, to, to Cho because he's with the champions and then how it's all connected. I really mm-hmm. liked it, and I thought this book did a great job of showing how big the Marvel Universe is, but how it's all connected. Right. And it didn't feel overwhelming. It, it, it felt as though, it, it, maybe it may not be new reader friendly, but if you want to give someone a book that has literally every Marvel superhero in it, in their current form, this is the book. Right. You know, for better or for worse, in that respect, maybe, you know, you give someone a $10 book that's 90 pages or whatever it is. But I felt in a different day and age, this one book could have been its own separate miniseries. Yeah, I, but the, I think that wouldn't have worked in that you're only getting two pages or three pages of story per, like, what would be the creative team on a book. I don't know if that would work in a miniseries. I know that sounds weird, but it's not. It's a little different than having a one shot to me because you're you're gonna split that up. But I think the only real drawback with this is a nine ninety nine price tag because mm-hmm. people are just gonna like walk in and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna have an impulse buy of ten dollars on one comic," you know. But right. otherwise, I'm I'm with you um, on it. Does a very good job of of threading the stories and everything. But like I said, the whole point is I don't read a lot of these, so. I I really didn't care about some of them, but I cared about other ones. In the end, I thought this was like I'm with you, like a good one shot to kick off to, as a a sampler, if you will. That's is uh, the way I look at this book. And again, of course, I, I thought this was a good bridge to what that next storyline is of Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether or not I was going to get that book really hinged on the strength of this, and I felt this was very strong. So they got me for Empire come March, right. Gives you at least one or two issues, right? Mm-hmm. So the other book that we both read uh, from this past week was Criminal Number no. 1, uh, written by Ed Brubaker with art by Sean Phillips. Now, we could just very easily say, uh, this book was really good, read it. But it's more than that. This mm-hmm. is the heist. The heist that's been talked about for you know the last 10 months of this book, however mm-hmm. long this has been in the works, and Todd, it involved wrestling. I know. That's Going to wrestling. Mm-hmm. Sheer madness, I tell you. <laughs> so, um, again, without giving too much of the scam away, um, from Jump Street, I knew that the 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 plan was going to fail. Oh, of course, yes. It was a very elaborate plan. It was a very detailed plan. It felt as though they had all the kinks of everything worked out. But we were on page three of the storyline, and I'm like, oh, I could already see how this is going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. My thing was, 
I believe it was like even before that, when you get earlier in the book and it's like, Hey, this is Teague law. This is, you know, how he went down and everything. And I'm like, well, I'm guessing things go wrong. You know what I mean? So wasn't 100% sure if it was with the heist, but I do believe that things going wrong with the heist would lead to things going bad for him. So I, I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of saw it coming too. Um, and I, the only other thing I wish was that we had an, we had a wrestling issue earlier in the run. I was hoping they were robbing a comic book convention and that would have made me a little happier, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, I find this book fascinating and I do think, you know, they're hinting at someone has tripped everybody up. And I like the idea of like Teague's like somebody did something, um, now who is it? And in our minds, like I'm reading this and I'm like, you know what? I'm open to several, you know, culprits. It's like, it could be the son. It could be the woman that Teague is seeing. It could be like, you know, the, uh, the son's friend. I'm like, I don't know, but somebody is bringing this all down and I'm all in to find out who it is. Now I will say this, um, you know, obviously we're, we've been told that this story arc is the end of Teague Lawless, as you as you say. I wasn't even thinking as I was reading it that the heist going wrong was going to be his downfall, if that makes any sense. Okay. That wasn't even in my head because we were told that this was going to be the heist issue. Right. And maybe it was a false sense of security of like, oh, well, you know, there's going to be some blunder at some point. But, you know... Teague's story's not done yet. It's going to last a little bit longer. And maybe it does or maybe it doesn't. But as I was reading it, I wasn't even thinking that, like, oh, something is going to specifically affect Teague during the heist. Right. I Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, again, just a weird way of getting around it. You know, like, you, you said, oh, I, I see the heist. I know there's going to be a problem. That's probably where Teague is going to die. Well, I didn't think that. I just thought that the 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 heist was the catalyst that pretty much kickstarts. Like it's not necessarily during the heist, but it's going to be close if you know what I mean. Yep, yep. Because like like because usually that's when things go wrong and things go wrong fast. Like I'm not saying I had this 100 predicted, but that's like I I didn't know if the heist was going to take one issue, you know, two issues. Usually uh, Ed Brubaker does these criminals where they're almost one and not an overarching story, but you, there's almost a whole story to be told in one issue. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know if it, if this was going to be multiple things, but I had a weird thing that something because of the heist was the the downfall of Teague. I uh, get you. I get where right. you're coming from. No, yeah, I don't. I didn't explain it well as far as I was concerned. But yeah, criminals always good, and I didn't mention it during uh, the digital sales and freebies because I just saw it here in the solicitation text for issue eleven. But issue one of this run of criminals available online for free. Oh, cool. I don't know. Go check that out. Criminal is one of the best books uh, ever of all time. So, you know, read that. Of all time. Of all time. Now, that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, I'm not going to put a time on this. Let's just say Tuesday. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been late the last two weeks because of the holiday. Right. We put up the link, uh, uh, we put up a post, which is a link to a link to all the shows that are, or all the shows, oh, all the books that are coming out this week. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Yeah. All the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you're waiting for the trades, however it is that you get your books, before warned, before armed, know what's coming out this week. Uh, Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd, for, has to be the sixth year in a row. I've never won this, have I? I don't think you have. Yeah. We need a we need a historian of the show or at least someone to go back and like check this. You know, all you have to do is like check the last episodes of each year. The December poll post of every year. Right, right. To see, but I'm almost certain I've never won this. But it's a new year, Shane Douglas, so uh <laughs> I it's the slate is wiped clean. <laughs> We're both at zero correct guesses. Let's see if I could I always start off hot. I'm always good for like six, you know, and then I fall apart right. in like mid-February. I'm right. sure there's some sort of sports analogy in there that I'm not allowed to talk about. Right, right. Oh, yes, and later on the football picks too. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's wow. right. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Um, been ignored a little bit, but because you went first, you get to pick uh, first, I guess. Todd, would you believe the last two weeks being off kilter has made me for <laughs> like something had to fall. Right. And, uh, you know, several things fell, but one of those several things that fell was me doing the pigskin pickups. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at your list, I think the thing you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Thor number one. It is Thor number one by Donny Cates. Um, is the book you're looking forward to most also Thor number one? And it's 18 variant covers. Is that what you're looking forward to? It is, but not all 18 variant covers. Oh, you're not getting all 18? I figured... No, it was no. Implied. It was implied. Is there a Scotty Young cover? Usually I'll get the Scotty Young cover. There might be. Yeah, I don't know. Let me look. Or number one, 2020 variants. There we go. 18 variant covers. John Buscema. Nope, white not blank, a... blue blank. Jack have, Kirby repurposed art. The Stanley Art Germ. Mm-hmm. I see a Ron Lim variant. That might be the one, but I have to. See, I'll have to see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Art Adams will do a good one. But Noah, uh, if there's a blank one, I'll draw you one. No, I'm good. Okay. Now, this is this one of the ones where the director's cut comes out at the same time? Um, I'm looking right now. Or is this uh, one I of don't... those deals where, like, I know with, like, uh, Absolute Carnage, they did a deal where it was like, oh, you could buy it in print, or when you get the digital version, you can get the, you have the option of getting the director's cut. I don't know. I don't see because I'm on a list that has everything that they have, and I don't see a director's cut of Thor. So maybe there is if you do it that way, like you said. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like the Ron Lim variant. It's nice. I'm just gonna go. I I'm gonna go with the Oliver Coppell one. So while you're over at longboxheroes.com be sure to check out all the stuff that Todd and I have done in the past with the past episodes of this show past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark the 2017 Smash Sensation Todd and Joe have issues uh, also you could support the show by purchasing stuff through the store you could buy shirts and stickers and pins with our fancy logo on them if you want even more fancy logos prepare for fish math season now order your shirt through our Tee Public store along with soon to be named network shirts Add us with wrestling shirts and a variety of other things. You could also sign up for our Patreon because we gave you the hard pitch last week. Uh, whether you go in at a dollar, up to five dollars or more, you're going to get those two bonus shows that we're doing. The Mel Brooks Oviewer called uh, Babbling Brooks. We put the preview up of previewing the past this past week free for everyone. So again, you can check those out. Of course, the five dollar and up folks are going to get after dark before everybody else, and they're going to get the pre the bonus shows before everyone else as well. But the dollar folks are still going to get those bonus shows just a little bit later than everybody else. Um, now, before we go into the Patreon stuff, Todd, you mentioned the football picks. Yes, I did. Yeah, the football picks are over. Mm-hmm. I forgot to do them this week, but that's okay. So I lost. You did Even lose. though I forgot to do them this week, where did I end? I still ended up in 25th place out of 44 people. So that's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. Where did you end, Todd? Where was your uh, your listing there? I was tied for seventh place, I guess. Okay. Um, with 161. The winner was Chairman Meow with 172 picks, which is just the guy who knows more about wrestling than you, so we don't have to send a statue, uh, tra- trophy to anybody. Mm-hmm. We know him personally. So. <laughs> <laughs> so he can go pound sand if he thinks he's getting anything. Yes. Now, where is and I, I'm, I'm just happy that you beat um, artist extraordinaire, man who designed our logo, uh, Tom Durenick. That's right. But uh, who's the wrestler? Uh, Ikarai? Um, Icarus, yes. Icarai. He beat me, and he's very happy about it. So Who he is he? Wear... What? Who I don't he? know. He, he just said during, like, on Twitter yeah, yeah. That, that he beat me. So I have to take his word for it because there's a few people who uh, 
who who you know are ahead of me. So I'm trying to get Garner from some of the names maybe that he's that he's uh, who he is, but I can't figure it out. I could think of two of the seven people above you that it could be. Well, it right. has to be two of the six that are above you because you're t- he didn't tie you, he beat you. Right, right. I don't think, obviously not Chairman Meow because we know that person. It's not Comics on the Green because we know that person. Um, right. Quinn's Hammer seems like a person's name, so that doesn't appear to be Icarus. Mark Hunter, uh, Triple H, I don't think is him. Uh, I don't know if Fly Eagles Fly would be him. He doesn't strike me as a person who cares about football. So maybe Marauder 1 is him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either way, one of those people beat you, Todd. Right. See, I'm going to need proof because I don't trust him. Right, he them. could be lying. Right, he could be words for all I know. No, wait, <sighs> that's you. That's you. So, um, you know, that's your other, that's your burner account as words. So I don't even know. Could be anybody. So I want some proof, Ikarai. Yeah, you just can't go on Twitter and say, I won. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Anyway, so thanks everyone for participating in the uh, the pigskin pickums this year. Always a fun time until you know the end of the year gets a little muddy and I forget. That's the first mm-hmm. time I forgot. That's okay. It was it was it was honestly towards the end of the year with all the holidays and stuff that it got very confusing and I forgot to promote it like towards the second half of the season. So next year we're gonna go we're gonna push it much harder because I know how much you love it, Joe. Yeah, you you're usually pretty good at like sending out the reminder to folks, right? But my life got complicated, so yeah, yeah. it's all good though. So just back uh, wrapping things up over at the uh, longboxheroes.com. Of course, uh, you know, obviously, if you don't want to give money directly to us by buying merch, signing up the Patreon, whatever it is, uh, you could always support us by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click through across the top of the page does not charge you anything extra gives us a little fee on the back end. They call it an advertising fee. I heard you're not allowed to say that it's supporting us. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing a lot more. Every time I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, Todd, mm-hmm. and within the last like three months, I've heard two podcasts say that they've had like their Amazon fiddled with for various reasons by Amazon. Okay. And uh, we're okay. We're doing okay. Right. Uh, for for now. Again, when I know, <laughs> you'll know. But everything's going good. I love when I know. It's the best part of my day. <laughs> Some of the notable purchases through the uh, Amazon click-through this past week was someone purchased Genuine Philips Sonicare E-Series replacement toothbrush heads. Mm. That's someone who very cares much about their teeth. Was it April? No, it's not April. We we get the knockoff ones because we we uh, April gets the in that the knockoff ones are just as good as the genuine Phillips ones. Oh well, she knows. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to say that the Phillips Sonicare rep may have said that, but the <laughs> Phillips Sonicare rep may have said that. Uh, somebody purchased the Franklin Richards Son of a Genius Ultimate Collection. That's a fun read. I think I have all those in like little digesty versions. Uh, somebody purchased Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for the PlayStation 4. I think that's a new Star Wars video game of some kind. Mm-hmm. Somebody purchased the Lego DC Batman Clayface Invasion set. I'm looking at getting my kid the Dagobah sec- uh, uh, deal, where it's like Yoda's hut and like mm-hmm. Yoda and R2-D2 and Luke Skywalker and stuff. He'll get a kick out of that. Right, and all the seagulls and stuff. And That's right, poking at my head. That's Stop right. It now. <laughs> uh, somebody also purchased uh, two books, Insignificant Events in the Life of a Cactus, Bang Bang, and Momentous Events in the Life of a Cactus, Bang Bang. <laughs> uh, sadly, those Bang Bangs are not part of the title. I did not look to see what those books are about, but I was very intrigued by the titles. <laughs> Uh, someone who is a car person, obviously, purchased Segaden silicone cover protector case kit skin jacket fit for Subaru four button smart remote key <laughs> fob in orange. Orange. And I like that idea. Making like your keys or whatever it is, like a bright color. So like you drop it somewhere, you're going to find it. Cause like most car keys are black. Mm hmm. 
Uh, you know, I'm I'm lucky that I have like a giant bright blue wallet. So if I lose it somewhere, like I'm not gonna miss it. You know, right? You have that manga wallet. Yes, uh, it has Mega Man on it. How dare he is a manga character, but he's more of a video game character. So manga, my... as far as I'm concerned. And that I'm gonna guess that same car person also purchased the Thirsty Stone Water Drops Car Cup Holder Coaster. I don't use a coaster in my house. I ain't using a coaster in my car. Usually my truck runs out of gas, and that's when it becomes a coaster. Yeah. But thank you for making all of your elaborate and fancy purchases through our Amazon click-through this past week. And for the entire year of 2019, it definitely helps quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd, did we have an art attack this week? The only art attack this week was Mayan. Um, my final piece of art for 2019, a Jonah Hex by Timothy Truman, who drew, who drew all the Jonah Vertigo issues. Uh, there was three miniseries. Uh, I commissioned him by email in November and didn't think it would show before New Year's, but it made it just under the wire, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I ended up asking him. The only thing that I asked him was, I said, you know, your your version of Jonah, so whatever you know, he was he was wearing, and I asked him if he because I love Two Gun Mojo, if he could have the two guns in his hands, bang bang. Um, so he he did that, and I didn't expect like a background with saloon doors and a wanted poster, but uh, he he absolutely crushed it. And I was lucky enough, like I said, I came home because it was sitting on my front porch and I got a gift for somebody for their birthday in January. And I was like, oh, they delivered. I'm going to walk home from uh, Cinnabon and check on it. And I'm like, wait, there's a package on the porch, too. Oh, it's from Timothy, my art. And this was one of them that usually I know what it's going to look like before they send it because somebody will send you like an email or whatever. They'll be like, this is your piece or whatever. This is the first piece that I've gotten a long, long time where it was just like, Oh, he drew it. I gave him like minimal minimal instruction. Uh and it's on my it's on my front porch. I I get surprised as I open it, which never happens. So when he crushed it, I was absolutely uh, happy about it. So I really like this piece. And my whole Jonah Hex uh, plan of original art is slowly coming to fruition, Joe. To say that that art that you got from him is remarkable is an understatement. Mm-hmm. The fact that that's a one-off. Right. Like, if you told me that's a print that he's selling... Or if you told me that's a pinup in the back of like a Jonah Hex annual or something, right. I'd be like, that makes sense. But the fact that that's a one-off and he put that much detail and time and effort into it, mm-hmm. and the fact that you did it, what, two months ago, you said? November 8th. I actually had a timer on how many days it had been, and it took 50 days to get that, from payment to front porch. Just unbelievable. If that's not advertisement to, you know, go get work done by Tim Truman, I don't know what is. Right. And somebody uh, mentioned on the Twitter, they were like, oh, this is that I should write a book about collecting original art and getting commissions. And I was like, there's not many tricks, but I could probably pad out a book. But me and uh, T-Bolts, your boy T-Bolts, who you want to rob, often thought about doing a one-off podcast about uh, art collecting and stuff like that. I don't know. That may happen someday. I don't know, Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mega Power Ultra listener Daniel Silverthorne mentioned that to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm all for you and uh, good old T-Bolts doing a show where you guys talk about the ins and outs of your art collecting. And however you guys wanted to slice that up or do that up, I'd be all for it. You know, you record it, you send it to me, and I'll do what I got to do, you know? Right, right. But that's interesting. That's something that could happen in the new year. Not mm-hmm. not right out of the gate, but, you know, at some No, point. no. Uh, la- oh, well, almost lastly, but not leastly, this, again, ends up being a more packed show. But this is a segment that is going away, of course, uh, because that website, Sel- Shelf Dust, put up their top ten uh, number one, or what is it, the first comic book issues. Uh, they've been doing 50. Um, they did top 50, 10 a week for the last five weeks, and the top ten is out. I did not look at it before we started recording. But as I am scrolling down the list, no surprises per se. Um, the only one or ones that I might quibble with. I, I, I got no entry point on The Wicked and Divine. I know a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. 
But from what I remember of the Claremont Jim Lee X-Men, those books were very wordy and very not hold-upping-y. Yeah, it was uh, at that point, nothing against Claremont. Um, Jim Lee was, was, you know, helming that ship, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what got that done. I agree with you. But, uh, you know, and I have no, as looking over the list, I have no uh, ground point on Sex Criminals, number one, uh, or Ms. Marvel, or The Wicked and Divine. So, like, to say anything about those would be just, you know, spitting into the wind, because I'm not going to say about something I haven't read. Yeah, Sex Criminals, number one, was really good. Um, I probably would even put it higher on the list than where it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's number eight, you know, I'm not saying it's, I would put it above Miss Marvel, maybe again, Wicked and Divine, I have to wash off, but you can't argue with that, like for the majority of that top 10. I agree. I would have Sandman way higher, but I'm a Sandman, like, oh yeah, super apologist. So I, that jumps Miss Marvel and the Wicked and Divine, you know what I mean? Like I just, just. And also from staying power, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, I do believe, like, you know, newer comics should not get the short shrift. But I do believe um, legendary status has not, you know, that the legendary status of of Sandman hasn't reached all of those books, if you know what I mean. Yep. Um, so that's just my take on it. Now, also, uh, this kind of started out as a mailbag section uh, sort of deal. But just kind of continuing, we did get something in the mailbag this week. Came through on Twitter in the direct messages uh, from McCory Pants on Twitter. Uh, he had asked if we could do uh, kind of what are top runs of the past year, maybe top single issues. Now, we kind of did this with Kevin Ford last week, but he was kind of saying more of an o- underlooked or overlooked sort of thing. From the past year, uh, this was maybe like our favorite book of the year. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes without saying, you know, my favorite book was Immortal Hulk uh, of 2019. You know what the the scary part is? Not to, to, you know, ladle some of your warmth. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I, I think Immortal Hulk was, you know, criminal could be that. But Criminal had the reputation of Criminal beforehand. Yeah. Criminal beforehand was really good. So you're like, I'm getting more of what I got. So I'm not surprised that this is amazing. It's still amazing. But Immortal Hulk, the art, the writing, I just never saw Immortal Hulk being as good. I just thought it was like, hey, here's another you know chance to read a Hulk run. You know what I mean? And then being like, oh, my God. So that gives it the rub over Criminal because... Criminal just has that pedigree that yep. you're like, oh, like uh, if it was bad, then I would have had something to say. Right. And this other, and, you know, and Criminal, of course, is definitely on our list of books uh, of 2019. I would say Wonder Twins is probably on our list of books that came out in two, that, that started in 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One that we forget, I would say, only because it ended in 2019 is Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, that's right. Even though. Even though I had a problem with Walking Dead towards the end of the book, yep. I will give the giant applaud for the way Kirkman ended that book, especially with the surprise. Like the like that's like the equivalent of a thunderbolt surprise these days. Yep. Um I think because it ended so strongly with those last 3 or 4 issues and I was actually going to mention um I'm not going to say that you had some problems with it. I think a lot of people had some problems with and I don't want to say the meandering of the book, but it just kind of felt as though it wasn't the book that it once was. Mm-hmm. And and then they right. pulled it out of the fire in those last couple issues and then shockingly ended it without anyone expecting it. Right, because I think at that point when they found that big city, it was like, oh, well, it's just the formula of Kirkman's book, which is good. It's, you know, uh, Rick's group, find someplace better, bigger, and takes over and fights with somebody else. And then that either gets destroyed or they find someplace else that's bigger and they get like, you know what I mean? So like, I I thought that had run its course, but when they got to the last one, it was setting up what the, like the future of the walking dead. So I was like, when it was all said and done, I'm like, 
okay, it all works out now and it's, and it's, and it's done. But I agree with you. I think like for the most part, like that was a hundred and what 97 issues. Like my God, 150 of them were perfect. Yeah. And we, you know, we talked about walking dead regularly on the show. You know, it was right up there with your immortal hulks and your criminals and your, you know, wonder twins that they were books that we talked about each and every time they came out. And, you know, for the better part of the last year, maybe year and a half, it just wasn't on the books. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, 2009, it really pulled it out. And, you know, you have a great collected run that I think will stand the test of time. I think maybe we had questioned at the time that it ended. Will it? Won't it? And I don't mm-hmm. remember what my answer was then, but I feel today that will be a run that people will look back on fondly. I agree, and I do like the fact that, like, and this is your take. Your take was that it was really a story about Carl. Yes. And boy, did that theory didn't age well. <sighs> oh, well. Oh, well. So, thank you, uh, Corey, for submitting something for the mailbag, whether you want to tweet at us, direct message us, email us at longboxheroes at gmail.com, you know, we're game to talk about any sort of comic thing that's rattling around in your head. It's probably mm-hmm. rattling around in our head at some point. And this is a way to help everyone shake it out. Yep, sometimes you got to rattle that comic stuff out of your head. That's right. So that's the end of the main show. Before we get into our discuss discussion of the season finale, series finale, question mark, of The Mandalorian. So uh, if you don't want that spoiled on you, or you don't care about The Mandalorian, I don't know how you couldn't. Uh, we bid you adieu. Thanks for listening uh, to the show, episode 483 in the can. And we'll take like two seconds here and we'll come back with talk of the Mandalorian. All right. So, hey, this show's good. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, I only got tripped up a little bit by a voice of someone on the show. Oh, really? Was it a scout uh, trooper? Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, one has a very, dis- a little bit more distinct voice. Apparently, they're both people, but one I dis- definitively know in uh, Jason Sudeikis, the other guy. I don't know who that is. Right, right. Um, but apparently, he's a thing. But yeah, we, we last left the uh, the show last episode with the Ognaught uh, being murdered by the Imperial troops, the child, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, getting <laughs> scooped up and being brought back to, uh, what was it, Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. And uh, our heroes trapped down, pinned down under gunfire. How are these crazy folks going to get out of this mess? Right. How the Dukes this week, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, I thought this was a fantastic episode. It was a showdown. Um, I only have two small nitpicks with the show. Otherwise, this was perfect. And there was nothing better than seeing uh, IG-11, the nanny bot, um, taking care of baby Yoda, getting him away from the the two scouts, uh, speeder scout troopers, and getting away. And then coming to help the Mandalorian and everybody else riding the the, the, the speeder, the speeder bike and Yo- baby Yoda's ears flapping in the wind, just smiling. I was like, that is going to be a gif. That is all timer right there. That's going to be up there with the, the soup sipping baby Yoda. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to live forever. Um, but all around, like just the battle, um, the Mandalorian uh, fighting his way out with, with the help of IG 11 and him sneaking down to the thing and seeing what happened to all the Mandalorians because they helped him. Um, all around. I just thought this was a great, great episode. Fantastic. Uh, what'd you think? I liked that they didn't give us all the answers mm-hmm. because at least that tells me there will be more. And that makes me very happy. Normally I want all the answers. I want everything given to me. If I am to nitpick something. Right. And I have two when you're done, but go ahead. Okay. Oh, and also just so you know, they did announce already that the release date for the Mandalorian is fall 2020. For season okay. Two. 
I don't know if you saw that because I know you no. you tried to, but they like as soon as the show ends, they're like it's coming back sometime in the fall of 2020. That's our like like release window. We're not going to give you an exact date yet. Right. So I felt as though the emotional death of IG11 was not earned. Uh, okay. I felt as though they really tried to make him very sympathetic here in these last two episodes. And again, it's only eight episodes and he was only in three of the eight altogether. Mm-hmm. But I felt as though like, I liked the character. I liked what he did. I liked the, the programming. I still liked that. Uh, Mando didn't trust him almost right up until the end. And it's not like it was an inherent trust, but IG-11 was like, no, no, I'm a nurse droid. I could tell, you know, from your body language or whatever it is. That you're sad that I'm going to die. Yes. So I'm like, okay, I thought that part was cool. But, you know, I don't know. I don't get too attached to no droid. Even though mm-hmm. IG, the IG series droids are pretty cool. Right. The thing with the IG droid, if I had known who was voicing the IG droid, yeah. I would have known that he wasn't long for this world. Do you know who did the voice? Yeah, it was uh, Taika Waititi. Yes, the director. I was like, oh, he's not going to stick around and voice that every episode. You know what I mean? Um, he's got projects to do, so maybe I would have known that. He, but I'm with you. There was I, I not that wasn't one of my nitpicks, but I get it. It was I wasn't like, oh, the IGA uh, droid got destroyed. Oh, I'm I'm super sad. Um, I not going to say it wasn't earned, but it wasn't high on my list. My two nitpicks are one that they that they had to go and do it they had to take the mandalorian's helmet off even though it didn't break the rules because he never got sobbed by a living seen by a living uh i don't know what the grammar is on that uh a human being or a live person because it was ig11 he's like okay so it still goes everybody was like oh it's just you know the actor under the mask it's not any prosthetics or makeup or anything like that um and to have that happen was because he was dying and they're like, well, we have to take your helmet off. He's like, I'd rather die. And you're like, well, wouldn't Baby Yoda try to ha- heal him? We've seen that Baby Yoda would do that. And instead, I would have been, I would have liked it better if before, you know, like they had done that Baby Yoda stopped the flames and then took his little Baby Yoda nap like he does after he uses the Force all the time. And that was a reason why Baby Yoda couldn't heal the Mandalorian and IG-11 had to, if that makes any sense. Because I'm like, I would have just brought Baby Yoda right. Like, everybody here saw you do it to Carl Weathers. Why aren't we trying with now? And then it was like, okay, well, IG-88, they jump into the sewer and IG-88 tries to fix them. And I'm like, I don't know. I think that was a bit of a cop-out. I think all that was bad storytelling. If you had reversed it, it would have been awesome. I agree with you your thought process in this. Mm-hmm. However, the majority of the way that baby Yoda has used his powers, the other people around him, you know, eight, eight episodes never were like, okay, let's bring baby Yoda to fix the thing. Like baby Yoda has always kind of had like that sentience to himself. Mm-hmm. And yes, he should have known that Mando was in pain and needed assistance, but I will give them the a little bit of benefit of the doubt that even at 50 years old, Baby Yoda is a naive, dumb baby. And if Mando is saying that he's okay, maybe he doesn't know that he's lying. That's fair enough. But any time that he's even seen, like he saw, he saw Mando early in an episode just like, you know, sitting there wincing and he's kind of, oh, I'm going to come over and help him. And now here's, you know, here's Mandalorian with blood pouring out of him that everybody sees and Baby Yoda's just looking at him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do. He, he had tried, not that uh, you can get away with the dumb baby thing anytime. I'm fine with that. But anytime anything close, like even when he was arm wrestling with, uh, I can't think of the actress's name, who's the the the, the, par- the, the rebel trooper. It was like, oh, he just thought that they were arm wrestling. And he, he tried to force choke her. Like to, to baby Yoda, the Mando's his father. He's going to do everything he can, he or she, we don't even know if it's a boy or a girl, baby Yoda, um, would do to help it. I don't know. I just think if you had just had the guy walk in through the flamethrower, baby Yoda, stop the flame and, and, and help him, him pass out, then you have a reason, you have a written reason why it can't happen, other than dumb baby. I get that's, you. That, 
that's 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 it. That's my nitpick. And the fact that they took the helmet off, I was like, there was no reason. Now we better never do it again because we know what he looks like under there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and even still, like he's all disheveled and messed up and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, but I did like that we got he finally got his jetpack. And I really like the armorer Mandalorian who just took out all the stormtroopers with a hammer and tongs yep. for like the, the, the smelting tools. I'm like, this is, this is so cool. And I never laughed so hard in the Mandalorian as when Carl Weathers, when they were getting attacked by the, the TIE fighter. And he's like, he's like, Oh man, he's coming back around. I don't know what we're going to do. Like, let's get the baby to do magic hand. Let's do the magic hand. Baby, do the magic hand. And the baby just waves back at him. He's like, I'm all out of ideas. I I cracked up, Joe. I was like, that's the funniest thing. And then you have that great scene of Peter Parker and the Green Goblin. I mean, Mandalorian and the TIE Fighter. Um, him hanging on with the with the the grappling hook, and he just, you know, blows the the side off. And then apparently that guy has a lightsaber, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not gonna nitpick too much. But uh, those are some suspect special effects on that lightsaber. That looked real uh, poor. Okay, I looked up that lightsaber. Uh huh. And the reason it looks poor because I was like, everybody's like, that's the black saber. That's the black saber. It's apparently, and I don't do this. You could probably, you know, email your Star Wars friend who gave you way too much information the last time. Was that's from either like the Rebels cartoon or the Clone Wars cartoon that the first Mandalorian Jedi had that weapon and it's a black lightsaber. So it looks different. And then however they designed it, they designed it to not look like a lightsaber, but to look like an actual saber blade. So it looks in your mind to me, I think that's why it looks weird. If that makes any sense, it's not the right shape, but it's not supposed to be the right shape. I know he has a self-imposed, um, uh, restriction on talking about the last episode. Mm Mm-hmm. But you're gonna ask him. Ask him now. I don't. I'll, I doubt I'll get an answer before we start uh, uh, finishing the show. He does send me mash pictures of Dengar though, uh, randomly. Mash like with Hawkeye Pierce and no, like un unraveled, like without his headdress and stuff on. Oh, okay. Does he have a Jawa without the hood? Because that's I'd pay money to see what's under there. Come so. Uh, I, one of the things that I do when I watch TV, of course, just because it helps me focus Mm -hmm. is, uh, when I watch Mandalorian, I watch it with the subtitles on as well. Right. It's not like I'm listening like the French language version and then read the American subtitles. No, I have it on in English and read the English subtitles. Mm -hmm. So there was two different scenes with the Jawas and the subtitles just said Jawas speaking Jawa. Well, what would you expect? Uteeny! I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Uh, I would expect my... it to just say Utini. Yeah, this is my this is my Jawa impersonation. Utini. Yeah, I nailed it. Nailed it. All right. I'm the Jay Moore of Jawa impersonations. Oh, good lord, <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I'm glad you wished it on yourself. So, uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed The Mandalorian. I know some people uh, may not have enjoyed other Star Wars projects that have come down in 2019, <laughs> but hopefully this is one that everyone can enjoy. Right. Uh, I think now all we need is uh, Baba Frigg, or what, what's his name? And uh, Baby Yoda team up, and that they'll make all the monies back, so... Oh, yeah, that little... Uh, yeah, the little armorer guy from... Uh, <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker, yes, yes. Oh, I did get a response. Hang on. Okay, look at that. Look at that. He's timely. He's like watching his feed for uh, for Jedi questions. No, no, we do these things direct message-wise. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, that is the Darksaber! Exclamation point. Created by Mandalore to combat the Jedi centuries ago. Handed down to the one true leader. Only combat to the death can cause it to change hands. Oh, so there you go. I'm surprised you didn't get, well, he was in a hurry. So he probably gave you like, you're going to get the unabridged version in an hour. No, the the little, the little dots are still showing up. So he's still writing more. Well, is that all the answer you need for the show? Are you going to, that is all the answer I need for the show. Yes. Okay. So thank you, Andy, for your assistance. 
Mr. Star Wars, I call him. I think it helps because <laughs> he's on West Coast time. Well, that is true. Star Wars, if they ever bar wars. He says, if I watch Clone Wars and Rebels, I would understand it more. So you're going to do that, right? Nope. Okay. I'm going to edit this show and go to bed. Oh, good, good. You're not going to celebrate New Year's? No, I celebrated New Year's before when I went to my brother's house earlier today. I had a steak and lobster. But that wasn't at midnight. Yeah, it's mid- it was midnight somewhere. Uh, my buddy James was uh, messaging me that it was midnight in Ireland while I was eating my steak, and he was sending me gross pictures of his broken toes. Oh, my goodness. I thought he was going to send you, like, his Irish uh, New Year's Eve meal or something. So mm. No, I'm good. Okay. All right. So I think that's everything. I think so, too. All right. So thanks for kicking off 2020 with us here on Longbox Heroes, wrapping up episode 483 for Todd. This is Joe saying thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.